We're going to be coming out of the 21st chapter of Matthew, reading verses 1 through 11. I'm going to be reading the New King, King James Version. It reads, Now they drew near Jerusalem. They came to Bethpage at the Mount of Olives. And then Jesus sent two disciples, saying to them, Go into the village opposite of you, and immediately you will find a donkey tied and a coat with her. Loosen them and bring them to me. And if anyone says anything to you, you say, the Lord has need of them, and immediately he will send them. All of this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the prophet, saying, Tell the daughters of Zion, behold, your king is coming to you, lowly and sitting on a donkey, a coat, a foal of a donkey. So the disciples went and did as Jesus commanded them. They brought the donkey and the coat, and they laid their clothes on them, and some, and set him on them. A very great multitude spread their clothes on the road. Others cut down branches from trees and spread them on the road. Then the multitude who went before and those who followed behind cried out, saying, Hosanna, son of David. Blessed is he that comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. And when he had come into Jerusalem, all of the city was moved, saying, Who is this? So the multitude said, This is Jesus, the prophet of, from Nazareth of Galilee. Verse 4. All of this was done that it might fulfill which was spoken by the prophets. This would be the last week of our Lord's life. We know this as Holy Week, the triumphant entry. It was the first day of the week-long events. It was called then and still today Palm Sunday. Palm Sunday is the day we celebrate our Lord and Savior's triumphant entry into Jerusalem, one week before his resurrection. As Jesus entered the holy city, it was culminating a long journey toward Golgotha, the place of the skulls where he would die. He had come to save the lost. Luke 19 and 10 says, For the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which is lost. So now was the time. This was the place to secure salvation. Palm Sunday marked the start of what we call Passion Week, the final seven days of Jesus' earthly ministry. Palm Sunday really became the beginning of the end of Jesus' work on earth. Jesus was on his way to Jerusalem knowing full well that this trip would end in his sacrificial death for the sins of humanity. Jesus did so much of some of his most important preaching during this week. He spoke of his second coming. He told parables about the kingdom of God. And most of all, he said that we must put our trust in God and put that trust into action. It was a springtime, a Sunday, about 30 A.D. In the holy city of Jerusalem, crowded with pilgrims who had come for the annual, annual Passover celebrations. It has been recorded that literally two million people gathered in Jerusalem to celebrate the Passover feast. Jesus had spent the night before uh, with his friend Lazarus, Mary, and Martha, who he had just resurrected from the dead. He went now 
because the time had come for him to claim his title as Messiah, the Savior that God had promised the Jewish people. Jesus knew that his mission was almost finished. And so as he traveled to Jerusalem, Jesus warned his disciples that he would be put to death. And after three days, he would rise again. Jesus began the last week of his life in, in a moment of reflection. He was not going to leave any question in anybody's mind that he was going to be the fulfillment of the prophecy, that he was going to be the one righteous one that men had longed to look for and to see. And at the same time, it was this culmination of the miracle of Lazarus being raised from the dead that was spreading all through the city of Jerusalem. See, earlier, uh, some Galilean disciples had went ahead of Jesus, and they were spreading the fact that Jesus had done this great miracle that they had never seen before. And so undoubtedly, the good news was spreading about this miracle. And so now here it is that they are nearing this Jerusalem. They came to the city of Bethpage, which was in the Mount of Olives. Jesus arrived on foot, which was their customary mode of transportation. And the Lord gives instructions to two of his disciples to go into the city of Bethpage to find an animal that he could ride. And so in verse 2 of the text, we see that they go into the village and they immediately find the coat and uh, the donkey and the coat there. And they begin to immediately untie the coat that Jesus commanded that they would bring to him. And as they was in the midst of that act, somebody would come out and say, what are you doing? What, what do you need these donkeys for? And this is an important moment, guys, in the text for us. They provided the answer that Jesus provided. They said, the Lord has need of them. See, sometimes we're unsuccessful in our pursuits because we don't use the words Amen. that the Lord has commanded us to use, which is found in Scripture. And so they use the phrase that the Lord told them to use. And when they used that phrase, the Scripture text said, he immediately, oh, I wish I had some help in here. He immediately let the donkeys go. See, three things were contained in the statement, the Lord needs them. First of all, it was the Lord's definite proclamation of his deity. Watch this. When the statement, when the Lord said the Lord has need of them, it, was, it would be a strong expression to use to an unbeliever because it literally meant Jehovah, God. So he's literally saying, God has need for your animals. And see, some people teach and preach erroneously that there were some prearrangements in place for the donkeys to be loosened. But if that had been the case, there would have been no reason for the question. So Jesus, again, the Lord was demonstrate his divinity, his omniscience uh, to further validate his claim as the son of God. He knew exactly where the animals would be, and he knew exactly of the man that would allow them to be lended out. See, throughout this whole event, church, 
Jesus will be demonstrating his strength and his authority as he assumes the position as Messiah. The Lord God, Jehovah, like pastors say, God with skin on. And he would show that he had power over all men, their property, and even their animals. Look, there's something in there for us, y'all. Every mission of the Lord, every task, no matter how small is important, going to fetch the animals was a small task, but yet it was of critical importance of Jesus proclaiming that he was Christ King. No task is too small in the service of the Lord. I saw this morning after the first servant and, and I saw some sisters going around and picking up the communion cups and, re, and, refurbish, and refurbishing the, the, the kernels of bread. There's no small task in the kingdom of God. Amen. And so here it is. Christ wasn't going to let nothing stand in the way of his messiahship. He wasn't going to allow no mistakes to be made as he makes this claim that he was the Messiah. The Messiah comes from a Hebrew word which literally means the anointed one. In the Old Testament time, important people like kings and priests were anointed as a sign of their office. For hundreds of years, the Jews had expected God to send a special king. Up until this time, Jesus had, had avoided accepting the title of Messiah up until the very end this week, and there was a purpose. See, Jesus never overtly referred to himself as the Messiah. He alluded to it certainly. Oftentimes, he was misunderstood. If you remember when he was at the wedding party and his, and his mother told him to turn the water into wine, and he said to his mother, this ain't how I plan to reveal myself. Remember when he encountered the woman at the well, the Samaritan woman? And he says to her, if you only knew who you were talking to, you would never thirst again. Jesus, oftentimes when he performed miracles, he would tell folk, don't tell nobody. Because this was the moment and, and the stage that he was going to make the pro proclamation that he was truly the Messiah that folks were looking for. Jesus had a deliberate reason for marking the details and the preparation as he entered into Jerusalem. And he deliberately was feeling, fulfilling the prophecy found in Zechariah 9 and 9. It reads, Rejoice greatly, O daughters of Zion. Shout, O daughters of Jerusalem, behold, your king is coming. He is just and having salvation, lowly and riding on a donkey, a coat, a foal of a donkey. There were three indicators for the crowd who was gathered in Jerusalem that this was the prophecy and Jesus was the Messiah. First it said, thy king cometh. Thy king cometh. See, Jerusalem king was coming. He just wasn't what they expected. The second piece of the prophecy was he's going to come in meekness. He would be riding on a donkey. See, the Messiah was coming in meekness and not to reign as a king. He was coming to win the hearts and the lives of men spiritually and eternally. And the third warning in the text, the third indicator in the text 
was that your king would come sitting up on a donkey and a coat was the third warning. See, most people didn't understand what kind of king Jesus would be. They expected this, this Messiah to be a great a politician and a, mil a military leader to free them from the tyranny of the Roman Empire. Messiah was not coming as a conquering king riding on a white stallion, which was custom. Uh, after a battle, a king, was, if he was victorious, would ride into the city on a white stallion. In times of peace, they would be riding on a donkey as a symbol of peace. And so here it is, Jesus is coming, riding on a donkey. He is coming to save the world through peace and to reconcile the world to God, to a God of love and not hate. The kingdom of God is not of this world. It is a spiritual kingdom that is now growing in the hearts of people of faith who have put their trust in God. The prophecy and the careful preparation Christ made to fulfill this prophecy was to magnify that he was the Messiah, God's very own son, and he made it clear that no man could fail to see that he was the Messiah as he was deliberately working out the will of God. I wish I had some help in here. See, that's what the Bible is for. The Bible is the will of God. And we are to be like Jesus, our Messiah, the Savior of the world, and follow God's will, which is in his word. And so here it is, some 450 to 500 years prior to Jesus arriving in Jerusalem, it had been prophesied by Zechariah that, that this event that we now call Palm Sunday would mark the, the place and the time when Jesus would step into the fullness of his Messiahship. And so the disciples did everything Jesus, on verse 6, did everything that Jesus commanded them to do. They brought the coat to him. And all of a sudden, they, they, they do something extraordinary that Jesus would have never allowed before this moment. They are, they are recognizing him. They are in reverence of him. They want to provide for his comfort. And so they take off their coats and they lower it on the donkeys. And then they literally lift Jesus up and set him on the donkey. See, Jesus wouldn't allow that before this moment because he was always teaching, if you want to be great in the kingdom, you need to be a servant. But now he was stepping in the place of the Messiah. Mm. And so here it is. Jesus didn't rebuke them. <laughs> there was a time when Jesus was coming into the city and folks were shouting and praising his name that folk thought it ought not have been that much noise and he told them to be, they told him to be quiet and Jesus said, look here, here's what you need to understand. That if these folks stop worshiping and praising me, the rocks will cry out and worship me. I don't know about you, but I don't need no rocks crying for me or talking for me. I can talk for myself. I can praise my Savior for all he is. And so here it is, the point. Christ was now unmistakably claiming his deity and his right as a king. Pastor mentioned in the text of communion, he's not washing feet here. He's a king. And he deliberately accepted the homage and the reverence that was done unto him because he was fulfilling the prophecy in every detail. And it was indeed time for Jerusalem to celebrate and to rejoice as they welcomed their king. 
And so here's how they welcomed him. They threw their cloaks on the road in front of him as an act of homage and submission. They recognized the promised Messiah. The multitude gathered together early in the morning and they was looking to see Jesus who was responsible for this miracle of raising Lazarus from the dead. And, and, the, and, the, and the disciples who were following behind Jesus on his pilgrim to celebrate the Passover and the residents of Bethany and Bethpage had heard that of his presence and his miracle. And they were all rushing out to see Jesus. Can you imagine the atmosphere and how exciting and electric it had to be to see the Messiah, the promised Messiah that was coming, who has performed this great miracle? Can you imagine all of this excitement and the praise that had to go up in anticipation of meeting the king? There were two things that the crowd did, throwing the cloaks. But here's how, y'all, in the scripture, that they know they recognize Jesus as Messiah. Those who followed him cried out, Hosanna, son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. Hosanna means save now or save, we pray. When they called him David, it was the title of the Messiah. They shouted out, blessed is he that comes in the name of the Lord, which means blessed is he who has been sent by God to save his people. Blessed is he who is sent in the authority of God. Church, we ought to proclaim Christ as our king. And he is to be king over our heart and our lives and to rule and to reign over us. We must welcome Christ as God's Messiah, the one who has truly come to save every man, woman, boy, and child should be crying out, Hosanna, save now, I pray. We must lay all that we have before Christ. And so here it is in verse 10. All of this excitement, all of this fanfare is taking place. But watch this in verse 10. All of the city was moved, but there were folk in the crowd who asked the question, who is this? See, in the city, there was a contrast between people, those who were ignorant about the Lord's identity. They were ignorant despite that Jesus was now the glory of his people Israel, and yet they knew him not. He, he had distinguished himself by the, the many miracles that he had performed before them, but yet the daughters of Jerusalem knew him not. Watch this. The Holy One was unknown in the holy city, in the very place that has been said to have the greatest profession of religion, and yet they knew him not. Look, even the coatless multitude who waved palm branches and shouted for joy. They missed the true reason for Jesus' presence. They could never neither see nor understand the cross. That's why as Jesus approached Jerusalem, when you study the text, he saw Jerusalem in the distance and he began to weep and to cry. And he said, if you 
had only known on this day what would bring you peace, but it's now hidden from your eyes. The days will come when your enemy will not leave one stone turned upon another because you did not recognize the time of God's coming. It is a tragic thing to see the Savior and not recognize him for who he is. The crowd who cried out Hosanna on Palm Sunday were the same crowd who cried crucify him at the end of the week. Church, I got a message for you this morning. Christ is coming back. And he's coming back just like he said he was. His return is the glory and the hope of the church. Jesus said, I will come again. And this promise will be fulfilled. And it will be fulfilled the same way he did it here in Zechariah. So it will be no mistaking that he is the Messiah, the Messiah. Watch this though. Now he's coming to set up his earthly kingdom. And the same way he stepped into his messiahship is the same way he's going to step into his earthly kingdom. It will be no mistake. The return of Christ is an event that will finally release the people who love God and seek to honor him. Jesus himself has promised that he would return with a cloud. And then shall appear a sign of the Son of Man in heaven. And then shall all tribes of the earth mourn. For they shall see the Son of Man coming in a cloud of heaven with power and with glory. And he will ascend and send his angels with a great cloud, cloud of a trumpet. And they should gather together the elect from the four winds, from every, every end of the, of the heaven under God. The Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, with a trump of God. Behold, he cometh with a cloud, and every eye shall see him. When Christ returns, every eye in every nation will see him. And it will be unmistakable. So the question is this morning, crossroads. Which part of the crowd will you be in? Will you be in the part of the crowd that says, who is this? Or will you be in this part of the crowd shouting Hosanna? Amen. Blessed be he that comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest as the band comes today church is the day if you don't know him in the pardons of your sins as Lord and Savior of your life today salvation is in this house in this place today will you recognize him Will you listen to the tug and the pull on your heart right now? Jesus has come to seek and to save that which is lost. And so the doors of the church are open. You can come to this altar. You can come to Pastor Eddie or some other folks and we will help you pray. And you can even do it right from where you are. 
But when you accept Jesus, it ought not be done in a closet. Because he died in a very public way. As folk looked at him as he hung on that cross and bled and died for the remission of sin, it's something that we ought to embrace and understand that he did that for me. And I want to come now and proclaim just how thankful I am that you died for me to save me that I might reign with you forever. Church, he's coming back just like he said he would. Will you be ready when he comes? Will you be in that place where you'll be shouting with joy? Hosanna! Blessed is he that comes in the name of the Lord. I'm ready! Here I am. Take me as I am as the choir sings. Won't you come?